Hello and welcome to Switzer Investing. I'm Peter Switzer. Thanks for joining me. And today you find me in Athens. That's where we're recording from. So uh, I haven't got any Greek uh, investments to recommend, but we still have a very good show. It includes Adam Dawes from Shore and Partners. And he looks at some of the companies that have reported. Uh, companies like Tyro and A2 have had a really good day on a day when the stock market really has been clobbered. Uh, because of comments from the Federal Reserve boss, uh, Jerome Powell. So those two companies have done pretty well. So it was a good sign to see companies doing well on a day when the overall market is down. And then we uh, talked to Mike Gable, and Mike's looking at a, a number of stocks that I think are heading in the right direction. So are the analysts, but I want to see what if Mike's charts actually support um, my good ideas. Okay, so before we kick off, let's just sort of cover off why the market's not doing very well. Um, uh, Jerome Powell, the Federal Reserve boss, spoke at Jackson Hole, Wyoming on Friday, and he really let the market know that he's not, not going to go soft on interest rates. He basically said, I'm, I'm not going to become Mr. Nice Guy anytime soon. Um, I'm going to keep interest rates probably rising at a rate that people weren't expecting. They were hoping that inflation is coming off the boil. And I think it is, but he's not prepared to take an early bet that he can ease up on interest rates. And so for the next month or two, I think interest rates are going to be you know, rising in the US. The stock market didn't like it. The Dow Jones fell over 1,000 points. The NASDAQ fell 3.3%. And that's why our market is really negative today. And a lot of really good quality tech stocks have been beaten up because that's just what happens when interest rates are rising, growth in tech stocks really copper. Now, going forward for the rest of the week, there's going to be a whole lot of uh, economic data coming out of the US. Let me list it for you. You've got uh, consumer confidence. You've got the US purchasing managing numbers. You've got construction spending, factory orders, job cut figures, and then a really important uh, number for potential inflation guessing in the US is the jobs report on Friday, which actually gives you some wage or hourly wage data, which can have a big impact on what we think is going to happen to inflation. And locally, there's some important data out as well. Home prices, business investment, purchasing managers, ordering figures, and our leading indicators for the economy. All these are looked at by the Reserve Bank when they're trying to work out whether inflation is heading in the right direction as well. Unfortunately, our Reserve Bank tends to follow what Jerome Powell and the Federal Reserve does. So if uh, Jerome's increasing interest rates over the next month or two, we probably will follow suit, but we'll probably rise by a lesser amount because our inflation our inflation rate is better than the Yanks. Okay, so that's the summary of what's been going on. Now let's cross to Adam Dawes of Shore and Partners. Well, joining me now is Adam Dawes of Shore and Partners. Good to see you, Adam. Yes, yeah, really good to be here, Peter. Thanks so much. All right, so reporting season continues, but before we get to some of the the star and the poor performance. Let's just talk about why the market has sold off for those people who might not be aware of it. Well, is it purely because of Jerome Powell spooking the market? I think so. I was really happy with Jerome Powell's overall rhetoric, basically saying we're going to keep the foot on the accelerator for interest rates and we're not going to change our directive at all. And I think the market knew that anyway. 
But I really do, I did like it how they basically, or how he turned around and said, we're not going to waver. We're not going to, you know, this is what we need to do. And this is, and we've, we've set it out to do that. He did say that it's going to be a 75 basis point increase coming through. Mm. But overall, I think that that's exactly what I wanted to hear, that they weren't changing rhetoric. The market obviously did get a little bit spooked by that. The Dow off over a thousand or a thousand points over the weekend, which has sent our market lower today. And certainly the US futures, as I left the desk, were starting to rally a little bit, which has sort of helped our market in the afternoon session. Yeah. In many ways, we Jerome Powell is either, either going to be a complete wimp and capitulate to what the market wanted, or he's going to say, well, look, he didn't say this, but he kind of implied it. The job is being done and we're heading in the right direction. There's no way in the world I'm going to U-turn now and ruin it all. And so the market had got ahead of itself, hadn't it? Oh, definitely. And we've sort of been talking about that. And a couple of weeks ago, we thought the market had really sort of rallied a little bit too hard. What my biggest concern is that after reporting season, you know, we finish this reporting season and then we go into a news vacuum over the next coming couple of months where the market's really not going to have a lot to digest on. And that news vacuum is going to be that and pretty much the, the market potentially might continue to sell off after that. So a little bit concerning about what's going to happen in the next coming couple of weeks. Yeah. I have been arguing that maybe September 13, which will be the next US inflation number, that could be critically important, mate, because if it shows us it is significantly falling and he's got his tough talk out there, put those together and someone, someone might say, well, okay, he'll give us that 0.75% increase at the end of September when the FOMC meeting meets. But he has got inflation on the slides and that, that could actually bring back a bit of confidence in the market. Yeah, absolutely. Or at least that we can see the top of the hill of interest rates. At the moment, I thought the market last week thought, well, we can see the top of the hill. We can see where it potentially might be, you know, petering out a little bit. But that was all sort of squashed with Jerome's comments over the weekend. Okay, mate. Let's go to our reporting season now. And some of the companies, you know, I've been watching, uh, a lot of my viewers have been watching and asking about is Tyro. And it's actually had a good day when the market's down, you know, close to 2%. One of your favourite stocks there, Peter. So, uh, yeah, Tyro um, actually did really, really well on the revenue line. Uh, revenue came in at 326 mil versus the market at 322 mil. So it's a beat. And in this environment, any kind of beat is exactly what the market wants. Any kind of yeah. uh, negative, the market will obviously punish. But EBITDA was at 10 million versus the market at 7.3. And they had uh, they grew their merchants by 10%, which is fantastic. And transactional volume was at 34 billion versus 25 billion a year ago. So mm. you can definitely see that, that, that there's getting more merchants, the traction or transactions are starting to happen. And that is flowing through to revenue and profit for Tyro. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I, I've stuck with the companies that we, we know we are in the reopening phase of our economy. People are getting out. We know that people are probably going to spend less on retail and more on services. And everywhere I go, I just see Tyro machines everywhere. So I thought mm -hmm. at least you know, if you took the, the market observation aspect to this company, it seems to be you know heading in the right direction. But the, gee, the market's been clobbering it of late, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just poking its head over a dollar. So it actually looks like good buying down here. If they can continue with those numbers, one, keeping those transaction volumes nice and high, growing those merchants, 
Um, you know, mm. this thing should do quite well, as you say, with that reopening trade, with that sort of wind behind its sails. Yeah, and I must admit, I thought it was always a takeover target at those very low prices as well, because some of these banks they really need a, a new trick to their um, to their yeah. their game. And certainly, I thought Tyro was just like a real good buy at those low prices. Yeah, agree, agree. All right, mate. Let's go to another one that I have, you know, liked in the past, but it's been letting me down. Is A2 Milk, and it's reported pretty well, hasn't it? Yeah, look, it, it reported well in New Zealand this morning. And when we when we came into the office, the New Zealand market's always open two to three hours before us. So we've got a clear indication on how this one's actually going to work. But New Zealand, it, when we before we opened, it was up, A2 Milk was up 7%. So we knew it was going to be a good day for A2 Milk. But revenue was at $1.45 billion. Uh, it, consensus was one4 So that was a beat. Uh, a profit was 196 million versus 189 million as well. And they also guided to the market. They said the first seven weeks has been fairly good for this market. And they ex- and the company said it expected a higher EBITDA margin for the second half of 2023 versus the first half. So this is a second half story. And that second half is now starting to come through. So uh, the market really liked it. Plus also they did a $400 million buyback. And I think that's really what got the market excited about A2M today. Yeah. I, I did read that they've actually tried to pivot, as the new word is, post-pandemic, pivot yep. to uh, improve their di- Daiju channel rather than waiting for people to come to Australia with their bags empty. They're actually using WeChat to try and build up the, the, the second sellers of, of A2 products in China. Yeah, and they're also uh, moving into the US market. I know that they tried to and they sort of, they, there's there's been a bit of a pullback, but there was a lot of talk a couple of months ago about how they're going to be selling their infant formula into the US as well. So that's still got to play out as well. So you've got China getting some better uh, reactions there. You've got the US, they can start to export there. I think it, it, it bodes quite well for A2 Milk. Okay. Let's go to any other stock that you might like as a consequence of reporting season. Yeah, so one of the stocks that I really liked at, uh, at reporting season was uh, La Visa. La Visa is the, it's the fast jewellery, fast fashion chain that's happened or happening at the moment. And La Visa's revenue came in at $458 million versus $424 million. So that's absolutely a beat. And EBITDA or EBIT profit came in at $82 million versus $76 million the year before. So that's an absolute beat on that. La Visa's looking really, really good. I'm a little bit cautious about a lot of the other consumer discretionary stocks out there. So I really love La Visa. It's a fantastic business, well-run, well-managed, and comparable store sales are looking good. That's what I like. But a lot of the other consumer discretionary businesses out there are really, really struggling. And that's ones like the Harvey Normans, the JB Hi-Fi's of the world, and all to do with what's happening with interest rates. In the US, interest rates are moving higher. Here in Australia, they're going to move higher as well. We saw Commonwealth Bank the other day. They said that 78% of their customers actually have two years' worth of uh, mortgage repayments saved up, okay? 78% of their customers can weather another two years of higher interest rates. Now, that's a real yeah. positive. But then they also said that the interest rate hikes that we've just seen have not flown through to the economy and that will be in December this year when the first interest rates 
not the ones that are going, but the ones that have already happened will start to bite the consumer. I'm really cautious yeah. about JB Hi-Fi and Harvey Norman. That's that's one of those ones I'd be really careful about. In many ways, they did so well during the pandemic lockdown. It's just logical that they uh, aren't going to do as well um, for the next year or so. But, yeah. you know, remember, I guess that drives its share price down and makes it more attractive. And I know at the moment the analysts think that JB Hi-Fi has about a 12% upside. Well, you know, they, they could be right, they could be wrong. But over time, it's a company you and I both know always does well. So if the market wants to clobber it, it's probably the right time to buy. Not right now, but over the next, probably by December, as you pointed out. And also, LaVisa, um, the story I wrote today, I looked at um, 11 stocks that the analysts really liked. But I, I also used the theme. Um, I, I, I saw a report from Carl um, Barron, not Carl Barron, Ron Barron. Carl Barron is a yeah. comedian. Uh, Ron Barron, the uh, the US big time investor, and he liked Lululemon. And the reason why he liked it is that you know you just see everyone wearing leisure wear. So I looked at the sort of stuff that people are liking now, and Lavisa was one of those companies. It's a, a real liked company. It's what young people in particular buy, but I think also parents and grandparents are buying stuff for their their children in Lavisa because it's 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 not expensive, but it's really attractive stuff. Well, yeah, fast fashion, but also, you know, does does a teenager worry about uh, interest rates movements? Uh, they don't care. They don't have a mortgage. So, you know, they're really comfortable to be spending money and, and uh, to burn it through a hole in their pocket. So, yeah, LaVisa is looking really good. And that's, that's a guy who's got a couple of teenagers in his, in his household. <laughs> All right, let's go, to, uh, <laughs> let's go to stocks you don't like. Well, this is a really disappointing story. BWX, um, BWX is is the business that does a lot of Sukin um, and all those you know those um, uh, shampoos and things like that that are sold through Chemist Warehouse and all of those kinds of things. Uh, this this uh, basically has gone into suspension or voluntary suspension. Now the stock has certainly gone from sort of you know a lot of highs to to, to where it is. I think about sixty cents. But they basically said that they've postponed their 2022 results. They don't think that they can give a forecast for 2023 and they've gone into voluntary suspension. So I think that whole um, that side of the market is really, really struggling. And it's a real shame to see some of these businesses that are actually quite good just getting caught, uh, you know, not being able to give guidance and going into voluntary suspension. So it's certainly one of those sectors that you need to be careful of. Um, mm. Is that sort of that sort of personal care space, um, and uh, yeah, BWX um, pending a couple of issues probably won't come on for the next coming couple of weeks. Yeah, it's very disappointing. Yeah. Well, Adam, thanks for joining us. Talk to you in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks, Peter. Have a great have a great day. Well, joining us now is uh, Michael Gable from Fairmont Equities. We want to look at some companies that um, a lot of the analysts like um, uh, and the charts. I want to see what Mike's seeing on the charts. And also because the markets had a pretty rough day following the comments from Jerome Powell at Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Uh, It's interesting to see whether the trend was looking good for some of these companies uh, before the news came out out of the US around interest rates. So let's just see, Mike, great, great to see you. Thanks, Peter, good to be back. 
All right, mate, let's just kick off with, uh, you know, the real driver of our stock market, namely the US stock market, the S&P 500. Um, until uh, the weekend or until Friday, um, what was the trend looking like for you? It was still still looking good. I mean, we, you know, we had that, um, that bottom in June and then early July we had that higher low and, and it, then it went through some, some major levels. And, and when we last spoke, Peter, it was, it was at that point a few weeks ago that I've circled there on the S&P 500 where everything was looking okay. But um, the next level, the next important level for it was always going to be the 200-day moving average. It's just such a closely watched uh, level, um, especially when you've got a market trading under it. So that's the... Um, that's the curvy blue line on this chart. And, and as we could see, the, the S&P 500 had a good several days after we last spoke and then almost touched that 200-day moving average perfectly and has since, since come back. So, look, that's, you know, that's to be expected. You, you can't be going up every week. I think the, the index has had about five weeks of, of upside in a row. So, naturally, it's come back and, um, you know, not, it wasn't, wasn't looking too dramatic on the downside until until last Friday when we, we all got a bit of a reality check as to what what really may well happen with interest rates. Yeah. And, and I guess the bottom line is that um, it, it, the run of data is going to ultimately determine how, how low the market goes from here. I guess if we get some terrible data that suggests inflation isn't coming down in the US, well, then we, we could test the, uh, the mid-June mm. lows. Yeah, I think I think on the positive side, um, the fact that that low, um, sorry, the fact that the rally off those June lows was um, was so great is a positive because if we if we have a look at the previous sort of peak to trough, so that that peak from from a few months or so ago down to the trough in June, the recent bounces retraced more than fifty percent of that that decline, and usually uh, almost every time you see uh, a bounce in that of that magnitude, um, it usually means that that prior low is the low. Um, and, and so I think there's a good chance that that June low could hold. Um, mm. I think what we need to see here is just more time. Um, and as I've, as I've been saying for a while, you know, the markets, the markets will, will struggle to make much progress when the number of rate rises ahead of us is still uncertain. And I know that we, we got a little bit excited uh, in terms of the equity markets that um, inflation has peaked and, and maybe we won't get as many rate rises as, as we feared. But uh, I think that over the next couple of months, few months, um, whilst the, the number of rate rises is still uncertain, the market will have these, these you know, rallies, sell-downs, rallies, sell-downs, and essentially just move to the right-hand side of this chart for a bit longer. And whether that makes a new low or not remains to be seen. I think there's a good chance that, that the June low holds, but we may well get close to it. And perhaps in September, October, November, that'll be the, the time to, uh, you know, that, that'll be the start of the next proper rally. So a bit of sideways at best for the time being. Yeah, you're kind of painting a picture of a, um, a buying opportunity um, over time, particularly if inflation does head in the right direction. Let's go to the ASX 200. It, it, I, I presume it's going to look fairly similar. Yeah, exactly. It's um, uh, 
pretty sim pretty similar story. Uh, we could see the, the 200 day moving average there, the blue line. We've rallied right up to it, and if, um, and if, you know, and, and we've pulled back. And whether we get a deep pullback all the way back to 6,500, or we just spend the next several weeks bouncing around uh, 7,000, again remains to be seen. Our market, I think, uh, and as many other, I think, uh, analysts uh, are saying our market should fare better because of the commodities mix uh, within it. And um, yeah, we just we just need more time. Just just need a bit more right hand side to develop on this chart um, before we get the next the next bounce. I mean, the bounce we've just had was great. That was a great little opportunity there um, to do a few things, and we just need to be patient for the next one. Okay, let's go to some of the individual companies uh, you've looked at. And uh, JB Hi-Fi is the first one. And uh, in the Switzer report uh, today, I looked at JB Hi-Fi and a number of the, the companies that you're looking at as well. And uh, the analysts kind of like JB Hi-Fi. They think on average about a 12% rise. Others are far more optimistic. <clears throat> of course, the company did brilliantly during the pandemic. And we, we kind of expect retailers not to do all that well for a a year or so as people go off spending their money on services like holiday trips to Athens or whatever. But uh, let's just see what you're seeing in the JB Hi-Fi chart. Yeah, I've, um, I've used this one as a as an interesting example. I, I find it interesting when you've got uh, one particular point of view, but then uh, a stock is trading uh, in, in, in sort of the opposite direction. And we, we have this at the moment with with JB Hi-Fi and that, you know, I think it's a great business as well. Their recent results were, were a positive surprise. They're, they're doing, I think, as best as they can um, in the current environment. But at the moment, the way, the way it's trading, I, I don't think we need to, to rush into this if, you, if you're looking to buy it. So what we've essentially had, as we could see, this is a weekly chart. Um, of course, on the left-hand side, the big sell down from, from COVID and then the bounce back up. Um, when everyone started buying all their, their home electronics. And then the, the share price spent quite a bit of time there traveling sideways in a range between about sort of 4350 to, to 5350. And, um, and most recently it, it, it broke under that, that range. It managed to get back above it very briefly on the, the back of that good result, but um, it has been under selling pressure in the last in the last few weeks and that's that's despite the broader market looking okay i mean it's only really been today that that the market's had its sort of first major wobble so to me that's that's showing a um a changing of you know the shares are changing hands from what may potentially be um you know fund managers institutional money into into the hands of those that are quite surprised by the result and looking to to pick it up, so I think I think this one will defy um, what a lot of people are expecting, and and actually uh, head a bit lower, maybe back into the sort of mid 30s. And you know, again, over the next few weeks, a few months, we don't know what's happening with interest rates, but the conjecture as to to the recessionary um, sort of effects that it might have on JV. And I, I think it'll I think it'll bring the share price lower. So. Um, I don't think we need to rush into this one just yet. Yeah, so you have to rush in. Uh, I, I do think it's a buying opportunity for the, the long-term investor, but 
probably good, good guidance to hold your fire until you see some uh, more lows. Let's go to the next one now, and that is Coles. Um, yeah, Coles and Woolworths are the sort of stocks that should do well when there's sort of troubled times. That they're, they're quite resistant to you know negativity from slowdowns of the economy. Are the charts kind of suggesting this is the case? Um, again, with so with Coles, I, I would have expected the same the same thing. But it's it's again very interesting the way it's it's been trading over the last over the last week. So we've gone from a discretionary retailer to, um, uh, you know, to something that's, um, you know, a bit more staple. required, staple, that's yeah. the word I'm thinking of. Thanks. It's yeah. too big a word for me, staple. <laughs> yeah, well, you're a technical person. I, I do the words, you do the technical stuff. Go on. Yeah, so, um, yeah, what's very interesting here is there was a lot of um, selling pressure over the last year and a bit for coals around $19 and it, it finally cracked it. So in the last couple of weeks, we had what looked like an upside break, um, which I've circled there on the chart, only for it to fail back into the range and not not just slightly dip into the range, but properly get get sold off. We saw it um, getting sold off, I think about a day before the results, and then it hasn't really recovered since the results. So when you see this, this break that then fails, we call it a false break, um, which implies the share price could probably head back to the lower part of that range near 1550. So again, I think you, know, you can get this one, this one cheaper. I mean, this, these false breaks tend to, to really follow through. We looked at um, together, we looked at a, a false break several weeks ago on mineral resources on the downside. Uh, and we, we looked at that false break on the downside, meaning it should rally back to the top of the range which it did, I think Coles will do the opposite. I think the false break on the upside may well see it come all the way back to the lower part of that range, um, under $16. So uh, I'd, I'd be I'd be looking at that for, for the opportunity. And of course, you know, looking at what the market's doing, um, clearly, you know, we're, we're going to see a bit of heat, heat come out of it. So yeah, we can get this yeah. one cheaper, I think. All right, mate, let's go to the next one now, and that's Woodside. So I this I think this is the sector that, that should should do best um, for you know, over the next. Well, I think I think the energy sector will will really be the place to uh, focus on for you know the next year or two, um, and, and, and quite easily over the next few months if you if you're not looking to um, to sell out of too many stocks in a portfolio, I think the strongest ones would be the energy stocks if you have them. I think given what's, what's, what's happening in Europe, that'll take a long time to resolve. It's not just about the, um, the invasion, uh, Russia and Ukraine. Uh, this is also on the back of 10 years of underinvestment in, uh, in, in the energy sector. It was only, only a year ago we had the US administration you know, putting out a please explain to oil majors as to why they're not cutting production to meet their green targets and, and now they're they're giving they're, they've been given the please explain why you can't increase your production to, to lower our prices. So um, all the all these energy stocks stocks will benefit. The, the price of oil over the last um, several weeks has eased back, but I think that that pullback is 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 ending um, and the price is on the way back up. So pretty much any of the energy majors 
on our index will benefit from here. And if the overall index um, does struggle for a bit here, uh, I think the energy sector will be will be the sector that either holds in extremely well or, or actually goes up in this period of time. So just coming back to the Woodside chart, Woodside does report um, tomorrow on Tuesday. So I think our um, our viewers can, yeah, have, they, they may be happy to wait for that result. Obviously, if everything's okay, um, if this is one to buy, I, I've been happy to buy this about a week ago. As you can see, bottom left to top right, it's been trending, trending all year. Most of that move came earlier in the year. Uh, and, then, and then in the last six months, it's been essentially tracking sideways in a tight range, um, which is the sort of setup I like to look for. Yes, in June, there was a bit of a spike in the price, but that was only when uh, Woodside was, some Woodside shares were spun out of BHP and then there was some natural buying to fix up that. But, but essentially it's traded sideways and it's only just broken out several days ago, which I've circled on the chart. It's stalling for the time being. Today's a bit of an ugly day on the market, but Woodside is hanging in there. And I think as long as there's no nasty surprises in tomorrow as a result, which um, I, don't, I don't think there will be. I think the, the, I think the main, the main driver of this is is what's happening in the energy markets generally. So uh, I'd expect this one to march on through to the rest of the year. Yeah. I would say, Mike, the only thing that could um, disturb the success of Woodside would be a surprise ending to the Ukraine war, which I, I guess would take the oil price down pretty substantially. And so the first up reaction would be to sell Woodside. But... I think your overall argument that the, the, the need for fossil fuels hasn't gone away anytime soon and the world is facing higher energy prices. But that, I guess that's the only surprise kick in the guts for an investor in Woodside would be um, end of the Ukraine war, which basically I hope happens, but it, it could be a bit of a shock to the share price. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see what the effects of that will be beyond, I guess, the first day or two. If we think back a few years ago, there was that um, that airstrike in Saudi Arabia that at the time the oil price was on the way down and it caused a spike for one day um, and then all the other underlying factors, the, the trend just continued in, in, in the direction it was in before. And I, and I think you're right, if, if the war was to end, it, it will have an adverse effect, but, um, but I think it'll be very short term because the overall trend in prices is still higher because there's, there's still the issue with, with how the EU would deal with, with Russia, even if, um, even if it was all settled. Plus, as, as I mentioned, just the underinvestment in, um, in energy, it's, it'll, take a, it'll take a while to, to get through. Yeah. Let's go to the final one now, Worley. Has it been a company that has consistently been nice to shareholders, but it's having a good run now, isn't it? Yeah, again, it's um, it's in the right sector, um, so it's having you know, it's in a sweet spot. So it doesn't have to be something you hold all the time over over many years because it is quite cyclical. As, as you've said, it's been in some in some parts of its past, it's been a horrible investment, but at the moment, it's it's a good investment. We could see it's trending. It's it's in the right sector. Their result last week was was pretty good, so they've already. They've already reported. They're experiencing strong growth. Their outlook statement was was very bullish. They're well placed to to benefit from um, from this renewed focus on 
on fossil fuels for the time being. And, and again, maybe in a few years from now, it's, um, you know, the world's moved on and, and the current problems don't exist. But, but for the time being, the current, you know, the current problems, they're not going to end overnight. Um, there's further upside here. So this chart looks good. It's had a nice trend. Um, when it did peak in June, it, it pulled back a little bit, but then it, it gave us a bit more of that right-hand side action that I'm looking for now in the market. It just used up a bit of time, um, absorbed any sort of selling pressure that um, that we saw in early August. I've, I've drawn a couple of little lines there on the chart um, showing that, that it was holding up pretty well. And it's, it's, it's broken out. It's down today. It did go ex-dividend, so half of that's a dividend. Uh, I think this will be making new highs pretty soon, and I think these levels are a good opportunity. Okay, mate. Well, that's uh, an inter interesting one. As you say, it's a company that hasn't always um, made shareholders smile, but it certainly is heading in the right direction and is in the right sector, as you make, make the point. Mike, as always, thanks for joining us. Talk to you in a few weeks' time. Thanks, Peter. And that's the show for tonight. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget we're back on Thursday. And I'm sure we're going to have a bit of a tricky market between now and Thursday, but there still will be some good value. And it's a good reason to watch the Switzer Investing Show. And remember, you can always go to switzerreport.com.au if you want to try and get some more insights into how you can invest in these tricky times. I'm Peter Switzer. Thanks for joining me. See you on Thursday.